0: Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayer for attention to the Gospel according to John, chapter ten, and reading for our text, verse sixteen. Gospel according to John, chapter ten, and verse sixteen. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. John chapter 10 and verse 16. There are several aspects that weigh upon my spirit concerning this word that is before us. The first is this, that the Lord is saying that he has other sheep, other sheep. We might be feeling at the moment we are not one of the Lord's sheep, we are not part of his fault. Maybe think the Lord's passed right over us, forgotten us, but the Lord says, other sheep I have. He speaks also of the must. I must bring these other sheep something the Lord must do. Something laid upon him, his work to do. And then we're told how he shall do that. They shall hear my voice and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. A picture of of the one true Church of God. Now the immediate application here, the Lord is speaking to the Jews, this fold, his own people, his ancient people, he came unto his own. But there is another fold, and that is the Gentiles, the whole of this chapter is under the parable the type of a shepherd with the flocks, with the foals and the Lord here is using that illustration to illustrate here are the Jews and here are the Gentiles and he must bring them as well. They won't be just Two separate folds, they shall be one, the barrier taken down, one fold. Moreover, they shall have one shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is spoken of as the good shepherd in verse 11. I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep you would remember that the Jews to whom he is speaking these things, this would have sounded very strange teaching. They were under, and even the apostles later on, still the darkness as to what the Lord had in view and planned for the whole world, the Gentile nations. We would wonder at it because of what is written in the prophets, what was said of the Uh, angels when our Lord was born. But all of these things were, as it were, under a shade. They weren't clearly known. And the Lord here is opening up himself and his own teaching what now in the preaching of the gospel is very clear. and Paul made very clear when he wrote to the Ephesians and the breaking down of the middle wall of partition between us that those that were once afar off are now made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. And he's speaking of the Gentiles. How necessary it is through the word of God, Old Testament and New, that every nation and kindred and tongue may know that right from the very beginning God's plan was that the word should go forth into all the world and to every nation and every people. And so that is the uh, special way that this verse is meaning. Other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. And in these gospel days, we know that the Christian faith, the faith of God's elect, the faith that is set forth in the scriptures of truth, once delivered unto the saints, says Jude, is that which goes forth into all the world. One king, one shepherd, one redeemer, one saviour, one way of salvation and one true church of God. Another thought in there's few remarks to start off with. Our text says, "Other sheep I have which have not of this fold." We could think of folds in a gospel day as being individual churches, as being perhaps a denomination. Those where we might say, well, this is a fault, this is a group, an identifiable group, whether it be a church under a pastor or a group of churches even as our denomination. And it's good for us always to remember this. Other sheep I have. Lord, never condones that narrow thought or a thought that we are the people. There's none other but us, none other but our church or congregation, none other but our denomination. The Lord says, other sheep I have. And this is taught in many parts of the word of God. And we know that throughout the world, there is the Lord's dear people in many, many different denominations, you might say, many different gatherings. But all his true people will have this one shepherd be taught by the one spirit and they'll see eye to eye on the essential matters of salvation, redemption through our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And so it's good for us to remember that and to uh, look for the people of God. Remember when the Gentiles were brought in, that which sealed it with Peter was he saw the same blessing upon them. He saw God's work. He saw the Spirit's work. He recognised it. He said, who was I to forbid water when the same Spirit, the same blessing fell upon them as on us at the beginning. And that's what united him to them, them to him. And that's what made the other disciples realize and say, Then hath God also granted unto the Gentiles repentance unto life. And it is those important, vital, central truths to grant a repentance unto life, a true believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. want to then look with the Lord's help and break up the words of our text, Firstly, them, also others, to be brought in. And then secondly, the I must bring that our Lord says in our text. Other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And then thirdly, the one true church, that one fold, one shepherd. But firstly, the words of our Lord, them also. Other sheep I have them also who you knows there's a great encouragement to those that feel to be without those that feel shut out or not part of the Lord's fold as yet what would it be if we were told well the Lord has already gathered in those that are his remember once we had Jehovah's Witnesses come to the door young uh, chaps they were and I said to them well I said there's no hope of heaven for you is there they said what do you mean I said well the teaching of your church is that it was for 144,000 and that's already made up so No heaven for you. And they didn't know how to answer. But what would it be said if it was that, well, the churches are full. The last baptising, that was the last one. There's not going to be any more. There's not going to be any more converted. And if you were not converted, if I was not converted, if I was not in the fold, that would leave us in despair. But when the Lord says, other sheep, them also. And he says, "Um other sheep I have. He has them already. They are his, chosen in him from the foundation of the world. They already belong to him. But he says, them also. As I was meditating upon this word, I went through the scriptures in my mind and some of those them also. You think of Rahab. There is Rahab in Jericho and the children of Israel are coming through. She remembers and they did in Jericho what God had done for them in bringing them through the Red Sea. And she said to the spies that their hearts were failing them for fear. They would have failed a lot more when they saw the river Jordan stopped up the same way. To know the power was still the same. God was still with them after 40 years. We're told in Hebrews that it was by faith Rahab, she hid the spies. It was by faith But she was separated, her and her house, from those in Jericho. All those that were brought into her house, sheltered there, the scarlet line put in the window, God's protection over them. No, they're on the wall and yet with Jericho the walls fell down flat, not that part of the wall dead. The Lord honoured that promise that the Spies gave her, them also. Rahab was one of the people of God. One of those that was, you might say, completely outside of Israel. What had right had she to Israel, to the people of God? And yet God brought her in, and not only that, she is in the line to Christ. Christ. Then mind went to Ruth. There she is in Moab and the Moabites were not allowed to come into the tabernacle of the Lord for ten generations. They were, as it were, cursed people. But in the providence of God, God overruling uh, Naomi, Elimelech, going into Moab in the time of famine, and there are two boys marrying those two girls, Orpah and Ruth. And Ruth, she cleaves to Naomi. Naomi loses her husband by death. Ruth loses hers, Orpah hers. And the Lord so ordered it that Ruth is brought out of Moab and brought into Bethlehem and then brought to be married to Boaz. And again, in the line to Christ. Them also. You might say, how far outside. If you look at and surveyed Israel and surveyed the countries round, there is that one soul in Moab. And she is amongst the them also of the Lord. We think of the mad Gadarenes. In our Lord's day, when our Lord had to go over the sea to that man, no man could tame him. Them also. The woman of Samaria, he must needs go through Samaria. You say, of course he did. If you look at the map and you see where Samaria is and where the Lord was travelling, then he must go through Samaria because his root must have gone through that. But there's another reason, and that is because there was the Samaritans then, particularly the woman that came to the well to draw water, how the Lord revealed himself to her, began to speak to her, and to bring out from her that desire for living water, And then when she desired it, he said, "'Go, call thy husband, and come hither.' And she says, "'I have no husband.' And the Lord said, "'Thou sayest well that thou hast no husband, "'for thou hast had five husbands, "'and he whom thou hast is not thy husband, "'in that thou saidst truly.' And she says, "'I perceive perceive that thou art a prophet.'" Now, the Lord, eventually He told her very clearly that He was the Christ. The one thing she knew of the coming Messiah—that was when He came, He would tell them all things. And the Lord said, "I that speak unto thee am He." And so, then she comes to her people and says, "Come, see a man that told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ?" She doesn't tell them directly. This man has called, said that He is the Christ. But she puts before them what he said to her and they go out and hear him as well. Many of them were brought to believe. Them also, Samaritans or the Jews. She said the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. What are you talking to me for? And yet those that you might say God's people had said, no, they can't be saved they're beyond it they can't be redeemed the Lord says no them also what encouragement we have of those that seem to be so outside we think of the trial that the Lord gave the woman the Syrophoenician woman woman of Canaan She came worshipping him, saying, Lord, help me. You know, at first he never answered her at all. Then the disciples, they said, send her away. She crieth after us. They couldn't help her. And he says that he's not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, you are not of this fault. I'm only sent to the Jews. And she comes, he says it's not meet to take the children's bread and to give it unto dogs. And She's still not put off. She says, Yea, Lord, truth, Lord, the dogs eat of the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And the Lord then said, Woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee as thou wilt. She sought healing for her daughter, but she was seeking to the Lord and she wanted that blessing. The Lord gave her faith, he tried her faith and it's a real example to all that would feel out of the secret, separated from the people of God, not a child of God, not one of his people, to keep pressing and to keep coming and to keep pleading and to give uh, not way to any no but and oppress the case. It shows forth the reality of our need. You now Peter says, and the Lord said, will you also go away? He said, to whom can we go? And I believe these that we mentioned, they had no other to go. And if you and I have no other to go and are convinced and know that the Lord is the Christ, the Son of the living God, there is no other author of eternal life, no other one we can come to but him, then we will not be easy, put off. May this then be an encouragement not to despair, not to give up, not to think that, well, there's no hope for me, especially if you realise you are without. Realise, like Ruth said, actually, when she was brought back and with talking to Boaz, she says, why? Why takest thou knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger, and that I am not like one of thine handmaidens? She realised the difference. And if you and I realise that we are different than the Lord's people, that we, as it were, an outsider, We are not party to the secret of the Lord. We are shut out. Then this is an encouraging word. The them also. We could include Saul of Tarsus in that way. The pricks that he had. The Lord meeting him on the Damascus Road. Even the one that was persecuting the people of God. is numbered amongst the them also that are brought into the fold, into amongst God's people, not destroyed, not separated, but brought in. Well, he might say then, that them also I must bring. The must of the bringing. There's two things that I desire to bring before you in this, Second point, and that is the must, and then in the bringing, how are they brought? The verse is this, other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. They shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. I must bring. You know, it's set before us as a, something the Lord must do. The Lord must perform. Is not only that they must be brought and brought into the fold, but who must do it? It's not put in this way, them also, must get themselves into the fold. And that's set forth in that way. Them also I must bring a work of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. Why must he do it? Well, one reason is they were given him by the Father To redeem, though chosen in Christ from the foundation of the world. Another reason is that he has bought them. He says very clearly that he lays down his life for the sheep, not just of one fold, but of the other folds and those other sheep, all of the sheep. And so that is why they must be brought into the fold. There is a reserved place in heaven for them. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. That's another reason. Why, they must be brought. In Jeremiah we read, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, and therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Because of the love of the Lord to his people, he must bring them. Because of his name, his name, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins and are bringing into the fold is a saving from their sins, a bringing them in to the church of God, setting them amongst the children and redeeming their souls, bringing them to be called by his grace, born again of his spirit, to be brought. And who does this? I must bring. Because by nature they are dead dead in trespasses and sins, incapable of bringing themselves. Who would think of a shepherd that was supposed to be a good shepherd, that if he had one of his sheep that got stuck in the ditch or got tipped upside down and couldn't right itself, that said, well, if that sheep can't help itself, and can't get itself up and can't get back into the fold, then I'm not going to do it. The whole work of the shepherd is to go out and find the one that is lost and to bring it in. And the more wounded, the more unable to do it for themselves, the more needed for that shepherd to do it. The Lord is able to save unto the uttermost all that come unto God by him. And it is the Lord that saves his people. The crown is to be placed on his head. He shall save his people. He shall bring them. He shall be bringing them as those of his trophies of grace as the evidence of his work. Behold I and the children whom thou hast given me. The certainties of redemption, particular redemption, a particular people, a people that are saved by the almighty power and grace and mercy, of God, I must bring, he must do it. If he does not do it, then no one else can do it. No one else could have tamed the mad Gadarene. No one else could have wrought those works for Rahab or Ruth. It is the crown that is on the head of the Lord Jesus Christ alone. No man is able to redeem, to save his own soul. And the Lord always is fast in salvation. In one of the beautiful musts of the word of God, that which is bound upon the Lord Jesus Christ to do, There shall not be one left behind of his dear people, chosen in him and loved from everlasting. And there shall not be one got in that was not chosen and was not called by him. Come up some other way, no. All have come through the one way and through the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. Some would say, well, the work of our Lord was done upon the cross and now it's up to us, and that we must do the next part ourselves. And the Lord stands helplessly by until we ask Him to do it for us, and then He he cannot do anything until we do that. But here is a certainty certainty of salvation. And I would say this especially to those for whom this verse is to be a real encouragement. And to those who know the worth of their own souls or the souls of their loved ones and those that feel themselves outside the fold those who feel the pull of their old nature, the pull of the world, their need have been brought amongst the people of God. Their need to have the blessing of the Spirit bearing witness with their spirit that they are a child of God. Those who cannot say, well, what will be, will be. If I'm saved, I'm saved. If I'm lost, I'm lost. If you can have that attitude you know knowledge of your soul's need at all. But if you are concerned, I believe this, the Lord is already bringing. The Lord is already working. The Lord already has brought a concern. The Lord already has opened ears. And I want to think how how the Lord does bring. And he must be right from the very start. Bring from death. Bring from far off from him. We sung in our first hymn how we are by nature. At peace with hell, with God at war. In sin's dark maze. He wandered far. And I've said many times But when I was in my own regeneracy and we learnt that hymn as children and I questioned with my mother that it was wrong. It should be not at peace with hell but at peace with God, with hell at war. I had no idea of uh, my own wicked, evil heart. No idea of how hostile I was to the Lord. Well, I was. And those that are still dead in sin, they do not realise how sinful they are, how alienated they are from the Lord, how that in their own works, in their own righteousness, they cannot stand before God. They don't realise that. But when the Lord begins to work, then they do. Then he shines his light in their darkness. And so the first bringing is a ring to spiritual life. I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of mine hand. That blessing of life from the Lord is absolutely vital, it was in the natural creation. Could the world give itself life? Could man give himself life? Man was formed of the dust of the ground and God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. We need that same breath of life. Thou hast said, Peter, the words of eternal life. And so in bringing to spiritual life, which in other parts, in verse in chapter 3 of John, the Lord speaks of it as the new birth, ye must. It's another one. Of those times when the Lord is putting the must, ye must be born again. How is that birth, Lord? Born again of the Spirit. The Spirit is like the wind. Thou hearest the sound, thou knowest not whence it whither it cometh or whither it goeth, so is every one that is born of the Spirit. So gently, so distilling, so quietly that that soul is quickened unto life. They're given feeling, they're giving ears, they're giving a concern, they're giving desires, they're giving to see and start to realise where they are spiritually and what the condition of their soul is. Old things are passed away, all things become new. You know, I believe this, that once a soul is quickened into life, though it may perhaps try to smother it, yet that life will always break through. It will always bear a testimony and a witness that that which has been shown them is true and is real. Reading Ezekiel, turn again. Thou son of man, thou shalt see greater abominations than these. And it is the work of the Lord to show our need of salvation, show how low we are, how far off from the Lord we are. The Apostle Paul says how it was in his case that the commandment came, and sin revived and I died. That which was ordained unto life I found to be unto death. The first work of the Lord in bringing his sheep is to bring down first, to convince of sin, and to bring to have a need. And so he uses in that way, he uses the word of God. That's why in this passage, the Lord gives again and again this evidence of his sheep. My sheep, they hear my voice. In other words, we would say this, those that are not my sheep do not hear my voice. Those that are not my sheep, they do not hear the word of God. They do not hear the Bible. They do not have it applying to their soul, their case, their situation, their life. Is all someone else. Or they just read it and it just goes right over their head and they don't realise the import of it at all I've used this illustration before here if we were planning a journey and well if the Lord will I hope to go and preach down the west country this week we're planning that journey we hear the weather reports and the reports of possible snow well someone might tell us those things and we say oh yeah that's, that's fine but that's going to happen and then they turn round to us and say did you hear what i said i said that there's going to be snow down in the west country and you say yeah here but do you really hear it do you know what that means to you you're planning a trip down there that's going to affect you and so we can hear something and yet fail to connect it with what we're doing fail to connect it with our plans or our own situation We can hear of hell and we don't connect it to ourselves. We can hear of judgment to come and we we, we don't connect it to ourselves. We can hear of those that are dead in sin We say just subconsciously, that's not us. And we can hear the way of salvation, the work of the Spirit. You say, yeah, I've heard that many, many times. But wait a minute, you've got a soul and you need the Spirit's work. And we can hear, but not really realise that that applies to us. That we're not only just standing as a bystander, and commenting on the race. We are running the race that is set before us. So when it is that the Lord gives life, then that word is first start to be heard. And heard is applying to us. Because, he says, my sheep... They don't just hear my voice, they follow me. It has an effect. doesn't just leave them where they are. That which the Lord has done at Calvary, the paying the debt, the suffering of the wrath of God in the place of his people, That which he has done means that he can most sovereignly give eternal life to his people. And he can loose them from the pains of hell and the pains of death. He can open their eyes and open their ears. And the promise is that all thy children shall be taught of the Lord. Great shall be the peace of thy children. And the most central thing in what the Lord does in his bringing of his people is through the word of God. That is why that charge is given to us in the ministry, preach the word. It hath pleased God through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. The Lord Jesus Christ makes that word, an effectual word. It was to the Thessalonians the gift of the Holy Spirit I pray the Father he shall give you another spirit tarry at Jerusalem till he be endued with power from on high and the Thessalonians the word came not unto them in word only but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that is the first way the Lord brings the most uh, important way central way Is through the word of God. But it is also through a path of experience. We read this and we go back to the prophecy of Isaiah. In Isaiah 42. And we read there the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 6. I the Lord have called thee in righteousness and will hold thine hand. Will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles, to open the blind eyes, this is the other flock, and this is the uh, prophecies concerning it as well, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and then that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither. My praise to graven images. No other person to open blind eyes. No other one to bring prisoners out of the prison house. No other one to bring us out of darkness when we're in darkness. That work is the Lord's. This is the gospel. This is the good news of the gospel. That what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God, God has done in his beloved Son. He works that salvation in our hearts and forms a people, says the hymn writer, for his praise. When we feel ourselves so blind and such prisoners to sin and in darkness, what a message of hope. This is in the Gospel. Then we read later on, in verse 16, of that same chapter, And I will bring the blind by a way that they knew not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I'll make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. These things will I do unto them and not forsake them. This is the gospel. What the Lord will do, I will bring, I will lead, I will make darkness light before them. These things will I do unto them and not forsake them. They looked unto him, their faces were lightened for every sin-sick soul, for everyone in bondage and darkness and sin, I point you to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is able to save unto the uttermost. He is able, and he will, he must, for his own honour and glory, turn the captivity of his people and bless them. This is the hope, them also What if it was put the other way? It's all in your hand, your power, your mind. What if we were to come to someone that was very sick and instead of pointing them to a good physician and a good surgeon, say, you must, you must do it. You must perform it. When the Lord gives light, when he gives a hearing ear, what that ear hears is where there is salvation and where there is hope. Now, when Paul spoke to those in Romans 10 that were going about to establish their own righteousness, they weren't listening to the Gospel. They didn't have need of it. They thought they could do it themselves. The hymn writer says, Sinners can say, and none but they, how precious is the Saviour. In the following chapter, in Isaiah 43, in verse 8, we have here, Behold, bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled, who among them can declare this and show us former things. Let them bring forth their witnesses, that they may be justified, or let them hear and say, it is truth. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Saviour. This is the work of the Lord in salvation. This is how the Lord brings his dear people. On to look then in the third place. Of oh, this one true church, one fold. Our text says, They shall hear my voice and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. There is only one true church. A people, an innumerable people that were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. They are the same people that when the world shall be no more, they are the innumerable people in heaven. In between time, they have been born into this world at a time appointed by the Lord, all of them dead in sin. They have been born in different countries, They have been quickened and called in different ways and by different means, but all through the word of God and brought to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and to trust in him and him alone, shelter beneath his precious blood, have no other plea but him. And he has gathered them into local churches, gatherings of his people scattered throughout the earth. And though they are local churches, and they're all, as it were, self-governing, one little type of the one true church. And it is in that way the Lord does gather them, gathering them by profession of faith, by baptism, gathering them round the Lord's table. And those little flocks are gathered right throughout this world, a part of that one true redeemed church. It is called the church militant, it is called the bride of Christ, that which he speaks of in uh, the epistle to uh, Paul's epistle to the Ephesians, the church likened to a husband. And a wife, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Notice he's spoken of one church. Not just one gathering, but the church, that he might sanctify, and again, it's the Lord's work, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water, how? By the word. Again, there's the word that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. This is that same church that John saw in visible vision uh, coming out from God. In Revelation chapter 21, I saw a new heaven, a new earth, First heaven and the first earth were passed away to no more sea. And John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. The Church of God, the one fold, the one true church. What a blessing. As the Lord gathers his people through death, And brings them to glory. And at last that church shall be complete in heaven. Gathered from all quarters we say. But what a blessing to be amongst them. Psalm 84 says he shall give grace and glory. And what the Lord works in his people. No good thing shall he withhold from them that walk uprightly, walking uprightly according to the gospel, putting the crown upon the Lord's head alone, walking in the fear of the Lord, walking in the hope of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Jonah said as he cried to the Lord out of the whale's belly, just before he was delivered, Salvation is of the Lord. May we be persuaded of that as well, gathered into the folds, gathering into the one fold, and to be under that one shepherd, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Another other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. The Lord grant us to be part of that one fold. The Lord be our shepherd. To say with David, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Amen.